Welcome to Truth Revival, where we speak truth, set free, and ignite revival. I am Pastor Rob Malone, and this is Faith Has a Voice. That voice is mine, it is yours. And today in the description I put, and your voice is also the typed word on Facebook. My goodness, some of us, that might not be a good thing. We don't watch the news, but I have been watching little video clips where they're surmising and postulating where the storm was going to go. And on Sunday, we at the river, we shouted like the Jericho shout at the storm. And everybody can see exactly what happened. It started coming toward Tampa Bay. And you can you know, send your thank yous and donations to Pastor Rodney Howard Brown that Tampa Bay is not suffering a direct hit. We're saying that it ha Tampa Bay hasn't had a, seen a direct hit hurricane a hundred years long and how susceptible it is to storm surge. And well, now it's not susceptible because it went down to Fort Myers. So they must not have prayed the way we prayed. But we are grateful and thankful that our pastor takes the time to, to do these things. You know? He, you know, you're to be a watchman. You can't be asleep on the job. You have to actually go forward. I love you too, wife. I see my wife in the comments. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you for this time that we have today. Reach out, speak the voice. Thank you, Lord. We spoke in faith and said we will have lights, we will have internet, and it will not affect us. We will be a blessing to our neighbors because we pray. I thank you. We are tithers and givers, and you rebuke the devourer on our behalf. I thank you for the time that we have to spend in your word, to receive revelation, and exactly what you have for us. If you listen, in Jesus' name, Amen. If I very quiet, you can hear the rain window behind me. There is some significant falling, but um, that's nothing that Floridians are concerned about. <laughs> I, I saw a meme on Facebook, and it was from the old Gremlins movie in the 80s, and it was one with Gizmo, the little fuzz, very cute one. King the oh no face and the other was one of the green gremlins sitting there kicked back with sunglasses on and it said the way the rest of the world reacts to a hurricane the way floridians react to a hurricane <laughs> so the floridians are all kicked back with their sunglasses on it's just another minor inconvenience it is you know 48 hours to to enhance the spread of electricity returning that's the way they view it it's uh, it's like what they promised us that COVID lockdowns would be. Two weeks to slow the spread. Two and a half years later, there's people still shut down. But we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about Matthew 13. So we spoke to the storm. We, <laughs> we stand in faith that we're going to have lights and we're going to have internet even if the devil interrupts me as soon as I try to go into the word. So excuse the, the interruption. 
by the enemy. We are going to continue. You can see my uh, my oak tree is shaking in the breeze a little bit, but as long as it's still standing behind me, then we're in great shape. So I started to say as I as I was preparing, I wanted to get into the parable of the farmer scattering seed and um, the parable about the tares being sown with the wheat by an enemy. But then, as always happens, the uh, spirit wanted me to go in a different direction. I love the the parable of the farmer scattering seed. You could, <laughs> you can preach so many things from this. You can get so much revelation from it. If you went through it every day and took a different aspect of your life, I guarantee you, you would get fresh revelation on what it means. That's why Jesus told parables. Hey, there are ways to get people to connect with a message and you could connect it in a variety of ways. He does explain to the disciples what he actually meant in the parable because they asked. They they didn't um, they didn't quite understand. And that's where I actually want to go. I want to read out of Matthew 13, starting at verse 10. This is the New Living Translation. His disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see. And their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. That's Matthew 10, or 13, verse 10 through 17. And as I was preparing and I read through this, there, it just spoke to me so much. Because it's right in the middle of some of the most powerful parables about sowing. But it's also some of the most powerful parables. If you read the explanation that Jesus gives after verse 17, it's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And about 
an eternity spent in hell or in heaven. But I, I love the these parables because they just show us what the true nature around us is because we have an enemy here on earth, but we've been given authority. Jesus always starts with the most, most powerful thing, the thing that means the most. And it says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. <laughs> That's the most important thing. If you're a farmer, then you're out planting seeds. <laughs> you're in a field. You had to prepare the field. You had to make sure it was good ground. You had to be in the field. You have to sow. If you're not in the field, there can't be anything happen. If you're not sowing seed, then no crops can grow. So be in the field. Be preparing the ground. And that's actually, I believe, for another day. Because while I was reading that, and I read through verses 10 through 17, it struck me. We have, we've had several, several instances in the last just few weeks where issues have arisen that this really explains. both the parables and verses 10 through 17. But when in verse 13, it says, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. There's, there's been people in our lives that through discussions and, and back and forth, it's been revealed that they started tithing and started giving. And then they started testifying. They started testifying in front of the entire church. About the goodness of God. And how his word works. Exactly what Malachi speaks. That he'll rebuke the devourer on your behalf. There was one in particular that gave testimony. On how they started tithing and giving. And God worked on their behalf to eliminate debt, a debt they shouldn't have to pay. And it was supernatural how God sent a third party to come and fix the problem for them. Not just fix the problem and get the money returned to them. They paid it personally and then went after the people that the supposed debt was with. So that person didn't even have to fight their own battle. God fought it for them using a third party. This was the testimony. This was the testimony I got to hear and see with my own eyes, with my own ears. And I heard and I understood. But we have a real enemy. And in the beginning of the chapter, it talks about Things that grew up on shallow soil and didn't have roots. And that they withered quickly. And while I'm not going to read through that whole parable. 
I just want you to get that. That if you're not rooted in God's word and rooted where God wants you to be in a church body, then things wither quickly. And if you can stand up and testify, that's great. You had the faith for it, but as soon as something came, the heat of the day came, and you have to stand on your own to grow a little. If you don't have the roots going down to be able, the roots of faith in what you just testified about, then it will wither. Your testimony will wither. But the last thing you do is speak and rip the plant completely out of the ground. The last thing you do is speak with your mouth, negativity, and death. I rebuke you, enemy. Leave my lights on, in Jesus' name. It's one thing to see something come against you and your prosperity, you and your harvest. But it's another thing to speak out to people and say, I gave, but now I'm destitute. You gave testimony that God worked on your behalf, fought a battle you didn't have to fight, and then you don't even have the good sense to not open your mouth whenever the thoughts come that you're not going to make it, that you gave away all your money, now you need that money you gave away. You didn't, you didn't give away anything. Money that is invested in the kingdom of heaven may leave your hand, but it never leaves your life because it was planted in the kingdom of heaven and it will grow. The only way it won't grow is if you uproot it with the words of your mouth and speak death saying that you have nothing because you gave it away and now you lack that money and that money is what you needed. You need God in more ways than one. You need to actually have faith in God enough to believe that he can turn around this situation the same as he turned around the situation where he sent a third party to pay your debt and go after your debtor. It's absurd. That's why when I read through this, it arrested me because it says in from verses 15 to 17, for their heart, for the hearts of these people are hardened. Their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand. I'm going to jump right back. New Living Translation says, and they have closed their eyes. It doesn't say they were blind. It doesn't say that the enemy blinded them. It says they closed their eyes. They closed their eyes to the truth. They closed their eyes to what God wanted them to see. So once their eyes are closed, the only thing they can hear is the voice of the enemy. And then people that don't have the good sense to keep their mouth shut, at least look at the little monkeys that cover their eyes and cover their ears and cover their mouth. See no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil. Maybe you should cover your mouth more. If it's not going to speak life and faith, just shut it. You can actually have God bless you more just by keeping your mouth shut. 
than if you open it for negativity. Speak one word of faith, and then if the devil comes against you, you just shut your mouth. My wife and I are highly compassionate people. We, we love to give. We love to be God's hands and feet. But that's exactly what we are, God's hands and feet. What's in our possession isn't even ours. It's our in our possession to steward. That's not ownership. Heaven owns it. I have not I've not told this publicly, but I'm going to now. There was a there was a day when Pastor Rodney stood in front of the congregation and he was talking about this being the year of the double. And he was speaking out to the congregation, prophesying over them that they'd be able to give what they made last year. But when he said it in the typical Pastor Rodney Howard Brown fashion, there was a pause at one point when he was speaking. And you could feel the spirit of God heavy. And he said, I'm telling you, and my hands went up. He said, you'll be able to give what you made last year. But as soon as he said, you'll be able to give what you made, I got touched in a huge way. And I realized that I actually had to go and check things. I started working when I was 15 years old. I worked at a little grocery store four to five hours a day after school every day. And I worked anywhere between eight and 16 hours on Saturdays because we did catering. So I was working full-time hours as a 15 year old in high school. That's when I started working and I worked multiple jobs at a time through much of my early adulthood. And I worked as much as I could after that. Um, until recently, I, I worked as a the director for various places in the church, but we had two campuses and I was the facilities director. I did everything concerning maintenance and projects and uh, I worked a lot. I was happy to be in God's house. I was happy to support the man of God and his wife and his leaders in his church, his co-pastors. I often said to him, my job, my job description is I do the things so that you can show up and preach. Because the word says that he's supposed to be dedicated to the word, prayer, and teaching, preaching. So that's what my job was. It was to allow him to show up and preach. Because I understood his time was spent in the word and in prayer. I was not lazy. I worked hard for many years. My wife worked she even worked heavy construction at one point like just crazy for a female to be able to accomplish what she was able to accomplish but we've both worked a lot in our lives and when pastor rodney spoke that out and said you'll be able to give what you made i actually had to go back and look in the early part of 2021 god blessed my wife and i in a big way 
and we we anticipated it coming and if if you've never done this let me just encourage you we actually spent uh two months wife two months one month two months praying seeking god and in the back of our notebook that we take notes in and services we actually wrote down what we desired to give to specific ministries specific men of god above tithes and offerings and in the natural they were big numbers bigger than we had ever been able to do before and we were believing for it when the blessing came we were already ready to give but we gave far beyond what was written on the page god started speaking to us to bless people and we blessed them he put in our hands it was a a divine promotion to a different level to be able to bless people and the reason i believe it happened is because i started praying out something from when the stand first started june of 2020 we came for the first time to the stand when it had been going for uh just less than a month or, or right at a month my wife and i came to tampa because we thought the stand would happen for two or three months and here we are 840 days later and it's still going praise the lord and now there's a, a massive pavilion and uh, more things coming the atrium at, at the river tampa bay church but in my notes written big and diagonal across all the other notes on the page was I will use my faith to get others what they need. And we started praying into that. Well, that's a whole different level than believing for my needs or believing for my family's needs. I'll use my faith to get what other people need. And when God started speaking to us to bless people, he obviously had already supplied us with what we needed to do exactly that. But when I went back and I checked after that service where Pastor Rodney spoke to be able to give what you made. I was very surprised to find out. That we had given. In one year. What we had made. Period. And it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> it wasn't that we purposed ourselves to accomplish that. It's that God put money in our hands to steward and he directed us as to where to give it. And then he revealed to me, hey, why don't you look at what actually happened? Because it gave me and my wife a brand new revelation. When I saw that everything that we have ever done in the natural, we gave to God. But we have more now than we've ever had in our lives. Then nothing I have came from me. Nothing we have came from my wife. 
everything that we have came from God and it is truly his. Because every dime that we ever made in our lives, we sowed. So I have nothing. Nothing of my own. It's all God's. If he requires it of me, well, then he requires it of me because it's not mine. It's actually very freeing. But the last thing I'll ever do is to open my mouth and speak absolute stupidity saying that I need back what I gave to God because I'm on hard times. That goes beyond speaking death. I mean, it is absolute stupidity. You gave it to God. You planted it in the ground. It will produce a harvest. But if you speak those words, you rip it out of the ground. And there's nothing that can do that you can do. There's no harvest that can come from it because you just undid it all. That's why in this chapter, beyond where we read, there's another parable about the weeds and the wheat or the wheat and the tares. The workers come to the farmer because an enemy's snuck in and planted weeds with the wheat. And they ask him, "Are we? can we pull the weeds out? In verse 28 of Matthew 13, he said, the workers say, should we pull out the weeds? And he says, no, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest and then tell the harvesters to pull the weeds first. Put them into bundles and we'll burn them. But the master's answer was, no, you'll uproot the wheat with the weeds. The weeds are your negative words. And they will uproot wheat. The harvest that you should have will be gone and destroyed because you decide to speak things that are not God. Because you have shut your eyes and you cannot see. Verse 15, for their heart, for the hearts of these people are hardened. Their ears cannot hear. They have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear. Their hearts cannot understand and they cannot return to me and let me heal them. There, there are many people that we encounter, and I'm sure some of you encounter as well, that their hearts are hardened toward God because of things that they've encountered in church, whether it be um, people taking advantage of them, you know, people that are Christians taking advantage of other people, um, pastors who didn't treat them well, or a leader that caused some sort of conflict. and Their hearts have been hardened. 
but it's because their hearts are hardened and they've closed their eyes that they cannot return and be healed. What they ultimately need is the healing of God. Whether it's a human that has wronged them and hardened their hearts or or done some sort of offense and they hardened their hearts, I should say. Or whether it's the enemy that's crept in that keeps speaking to them and they keep listening. And then they start believing. You know, some people find it hard to understand, but from a a psychological perspective, if you repeat the same lie enough, you will begin to believe it. And when the enemy lies to you and you listen to it over and over again without rebuking him, like I rebuked these lights a few minutes ago and they've stayed on. If I just accept that the power goes out, then the power goes out and it stays out. But when you repeat the lie that the enemy says, then you give power to the enemy's lie and you uproot everything that you've ever done to the positive in that fashion. If you've given something to God, or you've given something to God's servants. As long as you're not uprooting what you planted, it will produce a harvest. No matter how much the enemy lies to you, it will produce a harvest. But your roots of faith have to be deep enough to make sure that your faith is nourished and strong to stand and say, this harvest is mine. I sowed. I know God spoke to me to sow. There's been things and times where we gave things to to accomplish certain, certain things. We gave them to people or we gave them to to events. And then something happens where in the natural, the devil makes it look like it was unprofitable, that it was a waste of money, that it was a waste of time and resources. But we don't give unless God speaks to us to give. If God spoke to me to give, it is never wasted. It's never throwing money away. It is never unprofitable. It always will produce a harvest if it was God speaking to me to give. When God speaks to you and you give, your natural circumstance that the enemy tries to steal that faith that you had for sowing that seed, and that's what he's trying to do, then it will never be the mustard seed that it talks about in this passage at the end of the chapter. The mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds that when planted grows into a mighty plant, into a tree where birds make their nests in its branches. 
It means that it gives the protection and provision for others to live in the blessing of it, its growth. You cannot close your eyes and listen to the voice of the enemy. Or your hearts will be hardened. You won't be able to understand. And you won't be able to return and be healed by the only one that can heal. Verse 16. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Verse 17. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. When I read that passage, I also got the realization that it was talking about people from the past that literally weren't around when Jesus Christ came into his ministry and didn't get to, to see because they don't, you know, they were no longer living. But it also talks about people who they longed for the Messiah. Religious people and righteous people longed for the Messiah. They knew he was coming. And when he was right in front of them, they didn't see it. They didn't hear it. The blessing can be right in front of you. And you won't believe it's the blessing. You won't see it's the blessing. You won't hear it's the blessing. If you lack the faith to stand on the fact that one truth is that if the Holy Spirit's within you and he directs you to do something, then he never has plans for your harm, always for your good. So you can stand in faith just on the fact that you were led to do something. My wife and I, every time that there's anything that comes along, we say immediately, thank you, Lord. I know that you directed us to do this. I know that there's a harvest for this, no matter what the enemy tries to make it look like today. We stand on your word and we stand in faith that we were directed to sow the way you told us to sow. And it will produce a harvest. Today, you know, I was listening to Jerry Seville a while ago. and. <laughs> he was preaching on uh, yeah, weed on your seed. And he asked God, what, what's that mean? I have weed on my seed. And God showed him what it meant. He said, you got to get the weed off your seed. But in that same sermon, <laughs> he says, you know, words are seed. You have words of faith and you have words that are counter to faith, that are unbelief. And they're planted by you speaking. They're planted by you typing it out on Facebook. Just pray for us. We're going through one of the worst times we've ever gone through. We're in financial distress. You're not in financial distress. 
You have the backing of heaven. They don't have potholes. They have streets of gold. The dirt in heaven is worth more than gold. They pave their streets with it. So obviously it it's like our dust. But what he says that struck me as funny is he said, some of y'all need to pray for crop failure. Meaning you need to pray for the seeds that you planted of unbelief that they never produce a harvest and concentrate on getting the harvest of words of faith to grow and flourish. But today, if you know that there's been something that you spoke, something you posted on social media, First, if it's on social media, go back and delete it. I don't care if it was a comment on somebody else's post or if it was a a moment of weakness where you were seeking sympathy or trying to get immediate blessing from somebody because you didn't have faith for God to come through for you. Go back and delete it and then repent. And open your eyes so you can see exactly what God wants you to see. But today, I really want to pray with you. And, and reverse things like this. The, the specific situation that I was talking about earlier. I mean, I didn't tell all the specifics, but when someone gives testimony how God worked on their behalf after they started tithing and giving and they're, they're testifying in front of the church and publicly on broadcast that God came through for them after they started tithing and giving. And then it's only a couple of months and they're in financial distress and they immediately start speaking out. Essentially, that they don't believe God will come through for them. Well, they need to repent quickly. Because all the breakthrough they did see, it's all they ever will see. So the reason I shared it was to compel you today. That if that's been you, you need to make it right. You need to make it right. You need to make sure that your heart is softened, that you believe the word of God, that you believe Matthew 13, where Jesus can heal you. If you return to him. But if you keep speaking. Doubt and unbelief. Then you're an agent of the devil. Because you're perpetuating his lies. 
you're perpetuating doubt and unbelief. Oh, I was a tither and a giver, but then I ran out of money. And I was destitute and nobody helped me. And I couldn't get back what I gave. It was gone. It was only gone because of their wrongdoing. It was only gone because they saw it as giving money away and not as investing in their own future through the kingdom of heaven. So today, if that's you, just pray with me. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for being a good God. I thank you that your plans are to prosper me, never to harm me. I believe your word. I believe that if I tithe and I give, the windows of heaven are open over my life. I believe that you rebuke the devourer on my behalf. That what I have, you protect. I believe that everything I have is from you. I believe that everything that I have is yours already. And if you require it of me, I can give, but you will always multiply it back to me in a greater measure. I thank you that because of that, when that is the position of my heart, that you will always increase me. I thank you for increasing my capacity to bless others. I thank you that I can use my faith to get others what they need. Forgive me for ever speaking doubt and unbelief. Forgive me for ripping up seeds that I have sown. Allow me to have crop failure on the seeds of doubt and unbelief. That you'll wipe it out. That I don't have to eat that harvest of doubt and unbelief. That only my words of faith will be able to grow. I thank you that you're undoing everything that I ever spoke believing the enemy's lies. Forgive me for speaking directly against your word in any way. I thank you, Lord, that from this day on, there's a guard in front of my lips that keeps me from speaking doubt, unbelief, that keeps me from tearing up seeds that I've sown. I thank you that your word says That as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest time. 
Lord, I thank you for a deeper revelation on your word concerning giving, concerning tithing. I thank you, Lord, that I have the faith to give with a glad heart. Thank you, Lord, that you're increasing me each and every day. Even if the enemy tries to make me think that you're not. I'm glad that I can see, that I can hear, and that I can understand everything that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm actually glad that the power went out in the beginning of my broadcast and came back on and the, the stream is, is going right now because it just shows you that you have to repeatedly speak faith. You have to repeatedly exercise your authority, your God-given authority, to rebuke the enemy. This is the day I broadcast. This is the time I broadcast. I don't care what's going on out that window behind me. There will be internet. There will be power. Well, I mean, natural power for me to actually power cameras. But thank you for watching today. If you actually <clears throat> have a testimony, if you prayed that prayer, let me know. You can contact me at robert at truthrevivalnow.com. Our website is truthrevivalnow.com. You can go there. You can actually partner with, with us there. You can sow a seed. There are many ways that you can sow seed. You can do it through PayPal. You can sow a one-time seed or you can become monthly partners with us. There's Cash App and Venmo. However it is that you want to sow a seed. God will bless the seeds you sow and he will multiply them back to you. But today, I also want to tell you that there's a, a wonderful man of God who has a birthday today. And his name is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He is the one who's who God used to, to break me out of all kinds of the devil's lies. But <clears throat> I got more revelation in a short period of time through, through his preaching when I first encountered him. Uh, I'm sure that you've heard some of the testimonies on here. If you go back and watch some of the previous broadcasts I speak about many of them, but I saw a financial breakthrough when I believed what he was preaching from the word of God. And I started implementing it and it started manifesting. And then you couldn't get me to stop giving. But today is his birthday. 
There is a true blessing for honoring a man of God. Jonathan Shuttlesworth's cash app, I believe, is dollar sign J.D. Shuttlesworth. So if you look him up, cash app him something today. I believe it is dollar sign, the letter J, the letter D, Shuttlesworth. S-H. Yes. Yes. J-D-S-H-U-T-T-L-E-S-W-O-R-T-H. Shuttlesworth. Send him a birthday, a happy birthday note. You can even tell him that you were directed to do it by Rob Malone or Truth Revival. But more importantly, God will bless you for blessing a man of God. It's one of seven ways that you can sow seed. And if you get Brother Jonathan's book, on financial breakthrough what's the name of the book financial overflow Overflow. you can look it up on amazon i believe or on their website uh revival now or revivaltoday.com but he speaks about the seven ways to sow and one of them is honoring a man of god and that's one of the things that we've done in our lives We, we make sure that we honor men of god when when Pastor Rodney invites people in and we have the opportunity to receive from men of God that we otherwise wouldn't be able to in a live setting, we make sure that we bless them, not just their ministry. And there is definite reward to doing that. So today, happy birthday, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, whether it's pastor or doctor or evangelist, whatever you want to call him. It is one of those we appreciate and love your ministry. We thank you for being exactly who God called you to be. And we love you from Truth Revival. We speak truth, we set free, and we ignite revival.